0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the National Championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown!
2: Voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, also with us here for this last segment on halftime and a day where, let's see, what number of practice is this? Practice number 10 has concluded uh, um, on campus this morning, and Cody Kennedy and the offensive line are speaking with the media. I went and looked. Uh, Chuck, I think Cody Kennedy is the second longest tenured assistant under Sam Pittman after Scott Fountain. He's, and remember, he came here to coach tight ends, uh, slid into the offensive line when Brad Davis took the job at LSU, and he's done well. He's has a good offensive line the last couple of years. I guess we're still wondering about the tackle position uh, right now.
3: Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, uh, Manuel, I guess, is still out for a couple of days based on what Coach Pittman said on Saturday. And uh, they're trying to figure out, I guess, if Shambly can be the number two guy over there. It sounds like Manuel is going to be the starter provided he's healthy now there's a lot of camp left and so to say that that's the way it's going to be when they line up to play western carolina i don't know but it sounds like right now based on what coach pittman said after practice i think his words were we got to find out if Shambley can be the number two tackle um so you know it didn't sound like they really you know had their full complement of guys and that's apparently showed up based on you know what we were told after the scrimmage. So, you know, the one thing that I will say is they've they've done a pretty good job of piecing together an offensive line over the years and um, you know, that's been Pittman's track record when he was here before and you know, Enos was here before and I know he's liked Cody Kennedy from the minute he came on campus and Cody Kennedy's a likable guy and I think he feels like he's a good football coach and so They'll get that worked out. I, I'm still not certain. They, they're they 100% certain where everybody's going to plug in, but I think they know for the most part.
0: Chuck, when, when I look at this veteran team and, and uh, with the moves we've been able to make in the Porter, do you think special teams can be special for us this year when you have some, some older guys out there on
3: special teams making some plays for us? Well, theoretically, yes, and I think that's one of the things that depth does for you. You know, we talk about depth in terms of replacing an injured player. Uh, that does have something to do with depth, but it also has to do with the rotation during the course of a game, and then it also has to do with special teams, too. And, you know, one of the things they've talked about this year, and if you've listened, they, they kind of give you an idea about how it breaks down. Um, you know, I know that generally speaking, like, for example, the wide receivers, um, if you're in the top three, if you're one of the starters – you're probably going to play on two special teams. If you're in the next three, you're probably going to play on three special teams. And if you're in the group after that, you're probably going to play on all four. So what that tells you is as your depth builds, as you've got good players that are part of your rotation, but may may not necessarily be a starter, or might be, you're going to have more and more of those guys on special teams. Those are better football players. And, you know... Um, if you're a good football player on offense or defense, you can be a good special teams player. doesn't mean you always will be, but you can be. And that is going to be the avenue for a lot of those guys to play. And I do think that, well, theoretically, you should be better on special teams. When you're deeper at all your positions, you should be better on special teams too. So it sounds like that's going to be an area where they are improved. I will say this – you know, in the terms in terms of the things that are obvious on special teams, the obvious things—kicking, punting, return—you know, return of punts—I think Arkansas has got a chance to be pretty good there. I think Cam Little's going to be money. I think he has been money. I would be very surprised if Max Fletcher is not a whole lot better this year. I'll be very surprised. It means he's a practice All-American and nothing more. He was a practice All-American last year, couldn't transfer to the games. We'll see if he can this year. I, I think there will be a lot of improvement there. And, you know, we're going to have a punt return game. I think Satania is going to play a big part of that. And I, I, th- I think there are going to be some areas there where Arkansas, special teams-wise, has a chance to do some things well. Well, you get some length as far as the kickers are concerned. I
2: read where, what, Little uh, kicked the 58-yarder in the scrimmage? And uh, well, we already know about Fletcher's leg. I think it's a matter of if he can be consistent. Uh, I wonder about, I heard, so talking about younger players here and, and a position that you're still trying to build depth, and maybe it's there right now, linebacker. Uh, and I we, I can only go by what the coaches are talking about because I'm not at practice. We don't get a chance to watch the scrimmage. Uh, but at linebacker, Brad Spence, and Carson Dean. A couple of the freshmen that it sounds like have a chance to make a splash. I think when we've talked about depth on defense, we've talked more in terms of the defensive line and wondered about the depth of the secondary. These two freshmen will probably play a very big role in the depth of the linebacking position.
3: They will. Um, you know, again, I think those are two guys that, you know they need to be special team superstars too. Arkansas is going to play a four-two-five or three-two-six primarily, um, and you know in reality you're probably only going to have five or six that are going to play, and you know you may even pare that down a little bit in terms of snaps. Um, Chris Paul, Antonio Greer, Jordan Crook, and Jame Thomas—that's uh, a pretty good foursome right there. Um, I wouldn't leave Manny Powell out of the discussion either. Um, he's a sophomore. I, I, I think Arkansas has got some guys there who can play. I think those two transfers coming in really shore that spot up uh, because, you know, while we're talking about some of these younger players and how they have a chance to make a splash, I don't know if we'd want to go into the season with them as, hey, they've got to be your number two. They've got to be your number two and then you got to hope your number ones don't get hurt you know i think with paul greer crook and thomas that's a legitimate foursome right there i think it's going to be a foursome that's tough to crack frankly but these guys may find themselves out there and um particularly early in the year i mean if these are guys you can put play them four games now um find them some time to play in these first couple of games and i'll bet they do sam bakke is out for the year um
2: and i think In the conversations leading up to camp about wide receiver, he was kind of left out of a lot of the conversations. But Sam Pittman talked about him quite a bit, that he was all over the place at preseason camp, but he's out for the year. How does that affect Arkansas in your mind?
3: Well, I think that Sam Bakke is a terrific player. But I also think when you look at that position right there, I think the impact that he was going to have to have this year was again probably going to be more in special teams. Now, you know, Armstrong, Tesla, Satania, Broden, Wilson, Stevens. Um, you know, that's 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 a good six right there. And I don't know where Bakay was in relation to the five, six, seven, eight spots. He was obviously gonna travel, be in the rotation, but he might have also turned into one of those guys played on all four special teams. I don't know. But Um, unfortunately, he's not going to be able to play. My suspicion is that, you know, when you think about Bakke and you think about a guy like, for example, Quincy McAdoo, who may, you know, is not going to be out there for a while, obviously, I I tend to think the impact there's more in special teams Mm -hmm. than it is anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I, I like our special teams. I'm, I'm with you. Chuck, Chuck, have you been golfing? When's the next time you're golfing this week?
3: It's been too hot, man. Yeah, it's, been it's been too, too hot. hot. And now the days when it's cool enough to golf, I got stuff to do, and by the time I don't, it's going to be 100 degrees again. So um, it's about time to put the clubs down for a little while. Is it once football season starts, the clubs uh, go away? Well, what? at least, you know, for the, for the most part, in terms of being avid about it, you might get in – you know, one or two a month enough to. What was you your know. favorite
0: round this year? What course did you oh, play this gosh. year? What'd you you got to have one. You always have a couple each year that are kind of like that was a good round. That was fun.
3: I played probably my best round of the summer down um, in uh, Foley, Alabama, at uh, Soldiers Creek. It was probably the best round Soldier's I played Creek. all. Was well, it wasn't the best course I played all summer? It was the best round I played all. Summer. You're a real golfer. You're like I don't know if I'd call you a purist. I'm not a you. real golfer. Now, just just so we keep this in perspective, I shot 81 that day. That was my best round of the summer. Generally, 20, my average was probably about 85, 25 like better that. than I could do. Have you ever been to Top Golf? Is that a yeah, thing that you'd to ever do? Golf. Yeah, I've 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 been there. I mean, it's not real golf, but it's fun. That's the kind of golf I'm good at, <laughs> arcade style. <laughs> That's right,
2: arcade style. Make it a video. Oh, it is. It fun. I mean, game. it's a blast. It's a blast to go. That's pretty much what I'm a- relegated to. A- a- if 80? it comes down, to if I, you, I told you what it was like in that scramble. They, they, we, we played my shot never. But you got to play. Golf Sonal. would be a
3: lot more fun if you didn't have to putt.
2: Oh. And yet, and yet, uh, putt, putt's one of the last things that I could uh, that I could pull off. Um, hey, last thing I got it. I, I got to ask you about this um, this situation with uh, Michael Orr and the Blind Side. Apparently, might not be what we what we thought it was all cracked up to be. I wonder. Uh, did Hugh Freeze kind of build his the start of his coaching career off of that, off of off of the ability to get Orr to Ole Miss? And I, I do wonder. <laughs> without that, without that situation, without the Tui family, I, I wonder if. Now Hugh Freeze is a good football coach. I'm not trying to say that, and he's gotten what he's gotten, you know, to get to Auburn for 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 other reasons. But I just wonder if the college career would have even started without the without the Blind Side and the and the story that we all believed.
3: Well, the you know all the publicity around that certainly helped. Um, I don't know anything about this. I I just know what I read. Um, I've had some limited interaction with them over the years with the Tui's. Um, I would be surprised if, um, this is, you know, if this actually occurred the way Michael Orr spelled it out, Mm -hmm. I would be surprised. Now I've been surprised before. So, um, I don't know the situation on this and I don't want to imply that I do, but, um, it's really unfortunate that these allegations have been made, um, particularly if they're not entirely accurate. Um, I just don't know, and we'll have to see how all this plays out. Yeah, I think that's the right way to look
1: at it
2: We talked yesterday about Hunter Juracek's editorial in the Democrat Gazette, which was titled Save College Sports and was focused on the efforts to get the United States Congress to pass uh, overarching NIL legislation for college sports to follow. And was tied in with the California legislature considering a law that would force college athletic departments in their state, public ones, to uh, share 50% of the revenue uh, with each athlete in each sport that they play. And then Jay Billis got in on the conversation yesterday, calling it a doomsday prediction and uh, saying that there are no, there's no need for guardrails, for salaries, staff size, facilities, anything else. Only athletes must be limited. And I just kind of wondered, this seemed to me like a knee-jerk reaction from Jay Billis from any kind of call for... Not limiting NIL, but just for guidelines, just for some sort of playing field for everybody to agree upon must mean that we are limiting the amount of money that student athletes can make through NIL, which I did not glean from Hunter Eurochecks editorial, nor did I glean any of that from what I read about the two competing uh, pieces of legislation in Congress that are trying to get something done for national NIL laws. When I, what I think happened here is that Jay Billis just sort of saw a headline, knew it was coming from an athletics director, figured that this is what the point must be about, and fired off a tweet, you know, accusing, accusing the uh, administer uh, in this case of being blind, deaf, and dumb, and getting called out for it. I don't think Jay Billis read the editorial. <laughs> Which is funny uh, for somebody that it would have taken what about five minutes to read through the thing. Uh. <clears throat> I don't think it was a good look for Jay. I don't think. I don't think. I, I think if you're going to complain about something, and hey, there are there are really good points that Billis has made throughout the years taking on the NCAA, but it can't just be every single thing about NIL that comes from administrators is about limiting what the student-athletes can make, because that's not what I read from from Hunter Urechek. So now Hunter, of course, this ends up going into a little grandstanding back and forth. Billis is all about grandstanding to begin with, and then Hunter makes an invitation for him to come be around him for a whole day or two on campus and to see what the expenditures are like and the balance sheets and everything and of course Jay Billis is not going to take that invitation so it just ends up with a back and forth and then it's always fun to see that kind of stuff because that's what Twitter's about or X sorry it's what X is about anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't uh, I wouldn't claim to know what's going on in the whole NIL deal. Uh, if they're going to cap it, if you don't cap it, you know, are you going to get fined if you don't use all your money? Where's all the money going? Do, do you just want more transparency? Uh, I think it is kind of the wild, wild west, and there needs to be rules and regulations. Um, and so uh, I don't know what they are, how you get about it. Those, those are for smarter people than I am.
2: Rules and regulations don't necessarily have anything to do with some sort of a cap on NIL
0: money. Or a salary cap in this? Just case. some guidelines, you know. You got to have something, exactly. some type of, some type of, something, some type of sheet out there. In fact, I don't really think you'd be able
2: to cap the NIL earnings. I mean, Congress can do what they want but mm-hmm. you can't cap the earnings off something that is not collectively bargained. And if the student athletes aren't employees of the university, all of this stuff ends up as 1099 stuff. Well, there's nothing to cap in that case. You're not going to cap. You know, private money going to you know from some business to somebody for for whatever reason. When it comes to NIL, you can't. That's not going to be capped. I think what you you talk about capping is salaries in a case, and that's that's not getting thrown around. Uh, That's what Hunter Yurachek I think is trying to warn that if we get to the place where student athletes are employees, then it upsets the funding model. That's what I got from Yurachek's editorial, and I think he's right. I think he's 100% right. The the current funding model would totally explode if 50% of revenues from football go to the student-athletes and the rest of it goes to whatever else. You will lose sports. That's just, I think, monetarily, mathematically a fact. And I don't really think Jay Billis saw that in that editorial because I don't think he read the thing. It helps to read
0: the things that you're talking about. So, so you keep them at 1099 and, and don't just give them a, a 50% of the profit shares already. You know, you just keep each individual at 1099 is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. I mean, all you're asking for is some sort of some sort of uh, some sort of lay of the land that everybody adheres to in terms of of, uh, of of contracts looking the same, you know, standardized contract. We all deal with this in our walks of life, standardized contracts. Um you know, an and, and open market where you do, you have a knowledge of what student athletes are getting for this deal or that deal at each school, so that you have a sense of what's being spent and what the student athletes can expect in return. That's, that's, not, that's not about capping their earnings, that, that's about this being a little bit more out in the open and for everybody to be playing by the same rules instead of 50 different sets of rules in a country, which this is not set for that. Not, this is not College football is not made for that. This is a coast-to-coast enterprise. And when it comes to that, you all need to be playing by the same rules. The NCAA sort of did that for a long time, although a lot of stuff happened under the table. Stuff is happening under the table now, But what the NIL legislation ends up doing is bringing it out into the sunshine. It's like the same idea as the gambling laws now, where all the gambling previously, sports gambling, was done under the table, quietly, hush-hush. You could hide anything. We don't know how many athletes were gambling on sports they were involved in previously because it was all done hush-hush. Now you get sunshine on this. You get you get uh, organizations like U.S. Integrity paying attention, monitoring these apps, and now we know the sunshine's a good thing. It turns out, it turns out in this case, maybe just maybe, uh, legalizing sports gambling and throwing some transparency on it was a good thing for it too. Now you can weed out the bad doers. I don't see anything wrong with it. Regulation's a good thing sometimes, and I also think Hunter Yerachek was absolutely right with his editorial. Let's go to the McClardy Daniel Hotline. We've got a couple of all-stars with us right now, and Charlie is the leadoff batter. Afternoon, Charlie. How are you doing today?
5: Oh, tough day, Phil. Uh, Probably going to go back to being a rookie today. Can't be an all-star. You know, I was thinking about Alex and him coming here and choosing us, and you talked about it. Obviously, it could have been anywhere. I want to go back. When you started doing this, you know, you, you, you being from Pittsburgh, and I know you didn't start at Arkansas in Fayetteville specifically, but you were a part when you came to this state. When you started doing this, though, did you ever think you would wind up here, like in Arkansas? <laughs> Was that, did you, where did you think? I mean, you're from Pittsburgh, so that's why I'm asking you the question. Did you ever think you'd wind up? I would have not thought
2: that I would have lived in Arkansas. No, I mean, but when you, you got to, you got to at least make yourself available to places that you, that you might not have realized you could live in uh, when you're, you know, I mean, my life and Alex Collins' life are totally different. Oh, no. Nobody was trying to recruit me to come do anything for them. I had to do all the legwork myself, but it is the same idea. It's like, you know, Alex, Alex, Alex could have, I know he didn't live here, but he could have, he could have, you know I mean? He was here for three years. And was viewed as a favored son. Uh, and I think, I think his choosing the state. Like, I chose to move to Arkansas because it felt like the right place to continue a career. And a little upward, upward mobility you. in minor league baseball. Uh, Alex yep. Collins chose Arkansas. I don't know why necessarily. Because he could have probably played anywhere. Any other program that would have had a, a modicum of success. Where they didn't really have much when he was choosing where he was going to go play. So, I think that carried a lot of weight.
5: Absolutely. And I agree with you, but I think the main thing is is he did choose us and we loved him back. And it's, and and, and I, I'm not comparing you guys, but it, it's similar. Situation. You know, y'all totally did. But as a fan base, you know, and maybe I'm speaking for myself, but, I mean, I, I think a lot of us, you know, I mean, we appreciate what you do and, you know, we love you. I mean, you're a part of us. No matter what you do, say tomorrow you decide to go elsewhere, or do something else with your life. I mean, when you come to this state and you be a part of it, you know, and maybe I'm biased. I haven't lived anywhere in any other state in my life. So I don't know what it's like to go live in Pittsburgh or South Florida or, you know, I've visited a lot of places, but you know, when you're a part of this and you become a part of this family, it's a special thing. It's just different. And I know Matt can speak to it too, because He's a part of it and he's played here but it, it's just you're important Phil man you're just as important as Alex is I don't care what you say I mean, well I think where there's we, a little where there's
2: a little um, similarity is is like I said in the in the opening segment of the show you know it went, you don't choose where you're born you can't choose where your parents lived when you were born you can choose where you live afterwards. You know, and for those who grow up in the state of Arkansas and you have Razorback pride, yes, that's a choice, but it's also a different kind of a choice than somebody that moves from outside the state here and, and, and it feels foreign at first, but yet you grow into it and you make it your own and then you become part of it. And I feel like that's exactly what happened with Alex Collins. And we love our native sons and daughters. There's no doubt about that. But there is a little something different about somebody that had other options that were not Arkansas chooses the natural state, and just fits in perfectly. And, and, and Charlie, I'll leave it there. It's good to hear from you, man. Eduardo is up next. Eduardo, heavy hearts today, man. How you feeling?
6: Well, I'm not feeling very good, sir. You know, uh certainly hits home with me, as many of you know my story. Uh, you know, receiving most devastating – it's the most devastating news any parent could receive. And uh, just devastating. But how you survive moments like this, is people at this very moment, I know from the, 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 from the whole nation, from just fans across the country that knew Alex or what I uh, had a God-given privilege to watch that young man play or sending heartfelt uh, condolences to his parents and are embracing their family at this very moment. And that's how you survive moments like this. You can't survive anything like this you know, on your own, you may think you can, but you cannot. And so really hits home with me. Certainly when you talk about ambassadors for a university, Alex was one of them. You know, you never knew when he, you know, you'd hold your breath every time he touched the ball because you never knew at the point in the trenches in the SEC when he was on a break loose. And, I mean, just devastating. I mean, just on recent weeks of receiving news of Ryan Malik, you know, and uh, certainly was. I just, you know, uh, really hits home with me today. I know it hits home for this fan base that that got. To, if you didn't get to see the young man play from South Florida, well, you missed something because he understood one thing on game day. I believe he gave his all, and certainly he did. And so that's what I talk about. How delighted I define it again. It's no more but athletes that represent our, the U of A on game day, and they bring it. No more than the young man sitting next to you, sir, your co-host. And Matt understood that. And that's why he will ever be in my heart. And Alex will be forever in everybody's heart that got the God-given privilege to watch him play. And uh, I wish you would, uh, I'd about like to contribute this song because some of these lyrics really hit home. And so, uh, Five More Minutes by Scotty McCurry. I just wish we had five more minutes with that young man on the playing field. Thank you for taking my call,
2: gentlemen. And Eddie, I really appreciate your calling, man. We know what we know. What, what that song's meaning is to you. You definitely brought that up before, and I appreciate your. Uh, I was going to say raw emotion. Eddie usually brings raw emotion, but he was obviously much more subdued. For, for obvious reasons, too. You got a lot of, you know, you got, you got uh, people to dedicate this next football season to, truthfully.
0: A- Alex Collins, number three. You, you know, we talk about numbers. You will always remember that number three, uh, running for the Razorback Red and White. I mean, he was, uh, he's one of the best to ever do it.
1: During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach, and if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL fifty. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL fifty and get fifty percent off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over thirty four weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off.
2: They have everything you need this summer at Eastside Liquor, such as Evan Williams-flavored whiskey, soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots, Appalachian sipping cream liqueur, and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50-milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in or swing by the drive-thru and see Dave and his team today. A couple of notes coming out of the NFL. The Patriots have signed Ezekiel Elliott.
0: I saw that he gets one million signing bonus, three million to play, two million in escalator, something like that. That's, uh, you know, that's that's about what he's he's out there going to get. And you you want to try to win a championship? Do you think the Patriots can win a, a, a Super Bowl this year?
2: I do not. Yeah, I do not. Mac Jones to me is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He's kind of like
0: a Kirk Cousins. Like he's uh, he just do not right. even put him at Kirk Cousins. right Kirk now. Cousins better. Yeah, I don't know if Kirk could could win one, but I, they're,
2: they're, they, I mean they've got the that's a tough that's a tough division if you know, to be a quarterback and know you gotta you're gonna go up against three other guys
0: that you're not as good as twice. Anthony Richardson's starting for the Indianapolis Colts. I heard probably he's Q B one. one already, right? Like uh he 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 what he's did he even start half the games last year for Florida? Good question. You know? That's right. So that's they're putting him in there quick. You think him and Bryce Young probably both starting uh day one? I think Young's already been
2: announced they're, as the they're both starting. He, they announced him, um Frank. Frank Reich announced Young as the starter uh, two days after he signed his contract.
0: Now Frank Wright is a as a guy that I'd want. I I don't know his uh I, I guess you'd I, his personality as much, but just watching his his college career, his his NFL career, uh, some of his coaching stops where he's been. If you are a quarterback and you could get uh, get some teaching by Frank Wright, that's uh, he's a good one. So that's uh, he's he's in good hands right there.
2: And then I guess. I mean, C.J. Stroud was going to be the
0: starter at, at Houston. Has he won the job? Who's, who's I, I saw? I don't know if you got much in, in terms of backups there, truthfully, uh, yeah. C.J. Stroud at Houston. I saw Baker Mayfield is going to get a, another shot. He's going to get, be starting at Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't. I don't have a lot of faith in Tampa Bay this year. Houston, they got the new coach. They they made that trade that you don't see a lot in football, just because it's a collision sport. But they made a trade and and, and got a what they get the, the the second and third pick or the third and fourth picks and they but they got their guys they got their defensive guy in their in their quarterback they think they got for the next decade.
2: Just think of how many quarterbacks this year are going to be first year starting quarterbacks. Even I mean even in Green Bay, Jordan Love is a first year starter. He's not a rookie. Yeah, he's been sitting for three years, but he's a first year starter. Brock Purdy, I know he got playing time last year, but he didn't start every game. He you think wasn't. Trey Lance I, don't started, I don't think he started half the game, so that's sort of a new starter too.
0: Or is he has he won the job out there in San Francisco? I didn't know if if it was yeah. a battle. Okay, okay. Well, Apparently, Trey Lance looks awful, and then Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be starting as well. You got, um, I, I like him if he can stay healthy. Derek Carr in New Orleans. I'm a big time Derek Carr fan. We do
2: have a listen with us here, so let's go to the McClarty Daniel hotline, and it is. Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation. Hi, Alyssa. Always good to talk. Hey guys, how are you doing today? You too. I,
7: I'm doing okay
2: today. Uh, I'm doing okay. Well, obviously, I mean, you know the reason why. Um, you'd sent me a great photo of you with Alex Collins. Um, he must have been one of the first Razorbacks that you that you covered. Uh, and and yeah. coming from Florida too. I mean, you guys had some things in common. <laughs> I think it hit hits hard for everybody. Some maybe more so than others. And I'm thinking of you when when it comes to that.
7: Yeah, you know, I feel like as people in the media, we probably have a short list of people that we've covered um, over the years that just we truly enjoyed. Uh, and Alex was on my short list. We both came here in 2013 together. Me joining Trail Nation. He is a freshman running back. Got to cover him for three years. Um, you know, we would go to the catfish hole during the summer, and he was. A greeter at the door during the summers. He was just a good human. I was able to fly down to Miami and spend time with him and Denver Kirkland during that 2016 NFL draft and got to get to know them a little bit more with, with their families and friends. And then anytime he was in town, he just would always take time to talk and say hello. And he just a good dude. I know that, you know, everyone has some demons and troubles in their past. He just always had a smile on his face. It was always so nice. Always took the time to talk. And, um, you know, obviously Ben also shared all of those really exciting moments on the football field with us, too. I was in Oxford during the Henry Heave and, and that play. I just... It's tough. This one hits a little harder. You know, I didn't cover Ryan Mallett at Arkansas, but I got to know Ryan after he left um, football, but this one's a little different for me.
0: So That that number three with the with the, the visor on and uh, those dreads hanging out and, and his shiftiness, just his running style, it was so unique, and Alyssa, you're right, he's, he's a guy that was a razorback and he, he did things the, the right way. I loved watching him play.
7: He was so fun, you know, I was pulling some highlights yesterday to cut some video and I just like, man, I forgot how good he was. <laughs> you know, you're like, dang it, you're watching some of these highlights just running through people and pushing people over and pushing people down. And I mean, he came in as a freshman that way, and he, you know, they don't, they don't make him like that much anymore. And, uh, yeah, not only was he fun, but he was just always smiling and always in a good mood, and, um yeah, it's just it's really tragic, and it's sad, and it's things like this that sometimes stops you in your tracks. And you got to take a day off to just kind of mentally give yourself a break. It's been a tough tough couple of months for Razorback fans between Alex Collins and Ryan Mallett and Dion Stutz, the, the, the signee who, who died in the ATV accident, and then Chris Smith. It's, it's been a lot to handle. Uh, and so it's okay to take a day for yourself and just mentally...
2: Give yourself a break. Yeah, and I'd I'd, <clears throat> I'd forgotten about Chris Smith, but that's I mean that's that's right there with it, you know. And somebody else who was gone just way too way too early. Um, you know, I, just, yeah. I just wonder how the athletic department handles this publicly because I mean there are tweets and and, and statements coming from Hunter Yurecek and the coaches that coached each of these players, but then I mean you know. Something like this happens if 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 even just one of these players, one of these former Razorbacks, would have passed away. You have like a patch on the on the on the shoulder, or you know something that's you know hanging from near the video board, or something like that. But I mean, you're talking three, and if you add Bryson Manor, there's four. Um, you know, he was seventy, but I mean, I, this is I don't I don't know how you deal how, how you handle this publicly for home games, but you just know there's. There are going to be things that that it's not to bring you down, but it's just it's, uh, you know what I'm getting at with this. I mean, there'll be like a halftime yeah. deal where it's like we have to we're going to remember Ryan Mallett, and another game where you're going to remember Alex Collins. It's that there's going to be a little bit of a heavy feeling, I think, m- for just moments during the home games this year.
7: I, I think so, and and I know that they are planning to do something, and. Um, for Ryan specifically, um, there weren't details, but it was kind of hinted to us that, yes, something was going to be planned. And then obviously the stuff with Alex happened as well. And, and you can't forget about Chris Smith and, and others. And um, it it's tough because it just brings back all the memories and the emotions that you felt when you first learned about all those news. Like, if I have to be completely honest, I'm still, it's still mentally tough for me to be like, Ryan Mallett is no longer with us. Like That was still something that I was like, that is so hard to wrap my brain around still. Um, and then this happened. And so um, it's going to be tough, but I think it's necessary and I think it's important to do so um, and, and do it the right way. And so I know that that's a really tough thing that, you know, Kevin Traynor and um, Elvis Moya and the people over at the university who do a lot of those planning things Uh, are going to have to put together. But I think at the end of the day, you do it the right way. It's going to be a really special thing to be a part of for at least uh, a couple of those games that they do that.
0: Alyssa, I, I do want to ask you a question about camp And uh, are, you, are you worried at all About our left tackle, about Manuel Not, not practicing uh, I, I don't know how many, how many practices he's done In camp, I get uh, when, when, when Phil read the list about the players That didn't practice today, some of them you know, Some of the veteran guys, day 10 of camp Maybe you, you skip a practice here or there Or rest up, you got a little nagging injury But are you worried? How, how confident are you that we will have this offensive line Situated by week one?
7: Um. Yeah. Yeah. If I have to put like a percentage on it, I'd maybe say like seventy-five percent. Um. I think they're really just figuring out exactly who to put where. Um. You know, the Devin manual stuff is, is gonna is a little, um. Like, well, we'll see how it kind of goes. You know, I, I you kind of have to feel like, okay, well, let me see a football game before I kind of make a decision on whether or not like it's no big deal or it is a big deal but Pittman has said what they want to do with that offensive line is be able to just fill in holes and not have to move guys around so for example if Bo Limmer at center gets hurt, what they don't want to do is move Brady Latham over there in center, now they've got to fill two holes with someone to fill Brady Latham's spot so they're still really just trying to figure out like can we get guys that are a true two deep that aren't having to shuffle around to make a complete offensive line if one guy goes down. And so that's what they're really working on is seeing if they can get guys to play a position, win that position or role, and then plug guys in at those positions instead of just shuffling people around uh, and see if they have more success there instead of a lot of the cross-training. And you have to do tr- cross-training. That's important, too. But if, if you're really good and really focused on one specific role on the offensive line and that's what you could execute and rotate in and out of. I think that they think maybe they can have more success there. So um, I know there's been a lot of talk with the offensive line and they do definitely have some things to figure out, but there were also some really good moments that they talked about in the scrimmage, The runs that the running backs did have, I mean it was pretty cool to see some of that video when the football team put some of it out, um, just how dominating that run game is Uh, So I'm not too worried yet. Uh, But as we get closer to game time and figuring out exactly who's going to play where, that's when I think maybe some bells will start going off if there is some things that you need to really be worried about on the offensive line.
2: Last thing, Alyssa, looks to me like Florida State may stay in the ACC at least for another year. Today's the deadline. Yeah. Nothing's coming out is. yet, so I, mean, I don't yeah. think it was just bluster from what the board of trustees mm-hmm. said a few weeks ago. But I don't think maybe they didn't mean twenty twenty four. Maybe they meant after that because they haven't said we're leaving
6: uh-huh.
7: yet. Yeah, you know, I think <laughs> I think it caused a lot of stir. I mean, even I was like, oh my gosh, maybe they're going to go be an independent. What is happening? It's wild. Uh, and maybe it was a maybe it was more of a sign to other conferences of call us we're willing to talk to you we're very much willing to talk to you Um, because as we saw teams over in the Pac-12 like Oregon and Washington leaving with invitations to go to the Big Ten Florida State didn't have an invitation to go anywhere so maybe it was a come talk to us we are definitely willing to talk to you Um, and not cause a crazy firestorm right now and leave the ACC but also another message to the ACC that you know they're not messing around either that they're over you know they voted to have they voted along with i think north carolina clemson and make wake forest to not allow stanford and cal into the acc and i think that vote was more not against stanford and cal but A, look, you can't just add schools into this league when this league has issues already. You need to fix the issues in this league before you start adding schools to it. So um, buckle up because I don't think this is the end.
2: Thanks, Alyssa. Always appreciate you. Um, Hopefully happier things to talk about next week, okay?
7: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, guys. Take it easy.
0: Thank you, Alyssa.
8: Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service, Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. During the summer months, I know many of you are
1: active, going to the lake, going to the beach, and if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and you can get 50% off your order right now using the code Factor. HTL 50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL 50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Are you in need
2: of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio joining us now on Tuesday afternoons on halftime. And we appreciate Bill moving one day earlier than previously. Afternoon, Bill. How are you doing today? Hey, boys. How you doing? Uh, we've got kind of heavy hearts across Arkansas today. Um, it's just a few weeks after Ryan Mallett's passing. Alex Collins died yesterday. that's uh, we've had fans call up with memories of Alex. He was uh, he was a beloved razorback Bill um, someone that came from outside the state, adopted Arkansas as his own, worked at the famous catfish hole restaurant where he had his recruiting visit and uh, people have really heavy hearts today across our list, our, uh, our listening audience.
4: Interesting story and yeah. I wasn't made aware of that early this morning. Very sad. He was the top-ranked running back in his class in America out of the Fort Lauderdale area. Charlie Partridge, who is a fantastic recruiter, and from that area is the one who facilitated that and got him. And um, I remember Charlie later took the job at FAU as the head coach, and now he's the D-line coach at Pitt. And I've always been a friend of his. But that was a heck of a recruiting job by him and a very, very sad story about a 28-year-old losing his life.
2: Well, it also is a unique story with uh, Alex's mom uh, running out of the gym with his uh, with his letter yep. of intent because <laughs> she just didn't want him to leave Florida. Uh, I've never right. heard anything quite like that before. You covered recruiting for a long, long time, maybe more than anyone else on radio. That one still has to stand out.
4: That one stands out. Uh, I've seen moms at the press conference dejected over the announcement I've seen that happen, but nothing perhaps as dramatic as that.
2: No. Hey, speaking of recruiting, um, Eli Drinkwitz just got his biggest recruit in his short tenure at Missouri. Uh, defensive lineman, tell us about him. And man, I I just I never thought of Missouri as a destination for that kind of talent. But hey, facts are facts. He got a big one yesterday.
4: Top-ranked defensive lineman in America out of the state of Missouri, Lee's Summit, Missouri, they would not get him without NIL. He'd be at Oklahoma. He would have committed Oklahoma. NIL, they've got a rule that they got done this spring, a new rule in the state to where in-state, if you're an in-state kid, you can get name image likeness the day you sign with, let's say, an in-state school, like in this case, Missouri in December, he could start getting money, even if he doesn't plan on going midterm. And they also have a rule that says the NCAA legally, legally the state law cannot come in there and investigate anything. And that's what some states have adopted. Now that particular rule there isn't common. Uh, there's uh, several states that have it, about three or four, but that is a rule that gives him a big advantage. They would not be able to get him. There's also a five-star receiver in St. Louis named Ryan Wingo that they would not get, that they're probably leading for right now and probably will get. So that has been a big thing for them.
0: What, what's the uh, what's the stop the kids from saying, yeah, I'll commit to your school and then, you know, transferring out?
4: Well, I, I guess they could. Yeah, I mean, I, but those contracts, I mean, they're not going to get paid. I, I got you. Once the contract I, I, is, is breached. And, and they can't get money based on a commitment, you have to sign with them. And, of course, December, mid-December, somewhere in there is when you're able, that 72-hour period. But, yes, I mean, Matt, that could happen. That could absolutely happen. But I don't know if you could take advantage of it I mean, I guess there's always a
0: way, but that would be difficult. Well, yeah, if I'm a kid, I'm I'm moving to Missouri. You know, if I'm an athlete, if I'm a high school athlete and, uh, you know, you're a 10th grader, uh, whatever grades you're in, and, and there's one of these states that are going to already start doing that when you're able to sign with, yep. with a, a certain school, I mean, you'd be there's just too yep. much money into it not to what's uh i do got a question about this jimmy harbaugh thing what's what's the latest here i heard he wasn't gonna he was gonna be able to practice and not coach the first four games now there's there's not gonna be any suspension this year what do you see happening when uh, with jimmy harbaugh
4: that was a plea bargain that was offered up by michigan that was agreed to but certainly not written in stone and then the committee on infractions decided we want to dig deeper here into this thing so basically there's no deal and that's why he's going to be coaching doesn't mean the story's over but he will not be suspended because they're going to retake a look at it and michigan says the heck with it he's coaching so he's coaching
0: we'll deal with it next year i guess is what you're saying they'll they'll kind of go back into it and 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 if they win a national title i mean Harbaugh kind of he goes places he turns them around he's a little rough and a little edgy does his thing kind of rubs some people the wrong way but he wins and then he leaves so could you see something like that happening he has i i I just never saw him leave in michigan but do do you think he uh he he wins it this year he could get out of there
4: only if it's a pro job. Remember, on signing day a couple of years ago, he visited Minnesota and wanted that job, the Vikings, and thought he was going to get it, didn't get the offer. So if it's a pro job, I could see him doing that. But no, not for a college job. He's at his dream destination for a college job. But NFL, I think he would, yes.
2: Arkansas set a quarterback. We know that. I was looking through some of the other schools and, and, and who is set and who is not, specifically on the Arkansas schedule. Um, and I have my notes here for all of this. Here we go. Uh, You know who LSU's quarterback? A&M, not so much. Ole Miss is still up for grabs. Alabama's still up for grabs. It's like it's crazy, Bill. Florida just picked up their quarterback. I know they said Graham Mertz is going to be the guy. Auburn, still up in the air. So by my count right now, and I don't know about Western Carolina, Kent State, I know BYU has keyed on Slovis as their quarterback. So that's one, two, three at least four SEC schools right now that haven't settled on a quarterback and the Razorbacks have, when, when you go into Arkansas versus A&M, Hogs have an edge, I think, at quarterback. Why can't they beat the Aggies then? They have an edge at running back, I think. Why can't they beat the Aggies? Make a case for me.
4: Lines of scrimmage Aggies, clearly. They, they may have the best, deepest D-line in America. They're all on that list, at least. They're in the top three. They got some dudes, man. And Connor Wegman's going to be the quarterback. Now, I'm, I'm with you. He's not as accomplished as K.J. Jefferson. He's got an incredible upside, though. They feel fantastic at quarterback. Obviously, they do not have a Rocket Sanders, but I would say in many other areas on the field, they're better. Mm-hmm. That that That's going to be tough. Now, Arkansas absolutely could win that game. I'm not suggesting otherwise, but I would say, top to bottom, their roster is deeper in talent than
0: Arkansas'. Second-best receiver in the country, probably, behind Marvin Harrison Jr., the, the Aeneas kid. They've got dudes everywhere, Where, uh, and I'm
4: telling you guys, they're too deep on with D-tackle dudes. Two could play anywhere on the planet Earth, and some of the bad apples from that highly paid number-one-ranked class a couple of years ago have already, you know, they transferred out, which is probably good and riddance, and those guys mostly have already been booted out of their next place. So that they got them off the roster, and we've talked about it, not a new topic. But they have Bob Petrino, and if he's allowed to do his thing, I think that will be actually good.
0: Bill, I'm a little n- nervous about Alabama this year. I think Saban's kind of doing what he wants to do, just putting all of it on like, hey, we don't have a quarterback. But I think they're just as deep everywhere else, like you're talking about A&M, and, and they get that grimy, that, that grimy style of just hitting you in the mouth and, and running the ball. Uh, do you think yeah. they can do that and, and, and win the West this year?
4: I did a show in Texas when I was down there in Florida. I know it sounds weird, but they wanted me to do a YouTube show. So I took time from drinking uh, beer and sitting on the beach to do that show. And, Mill, first of all, they're not announcing this. Jalen is going to try it out first for them. I'm convinced of that. The only question is, does he keep it? And I don't think he will. I think eventually... That'll be Ty Simpson. So by the time Arkansas gets them, it's probably Ty Simpson. I'm guessing at that, but I would assume Miro's a liability in the passing game. But they've got a lot of issues. These can all be fixed, but guys, they haven't been able to bully people, punk people in the running game. Since their 2020 championship team, they don't line up and just bully you in short yardage. Let's say they're on their 27, it's third and three. That's not a gimme anymore. They used to just line up and bludgeon you, right? Or let's say it's on the goal line, it's on the four, and it's third down. They can't bully you anymore. They're trying to get that back, but I've got to see it. They're not elite at wide receiver anymore, guys. You just mentioned the quarterback situation. That's kind of a question mark. They haven't had the tackle dudes That that physically dominate people disruptors like Georgia has. Georgia has those dudes now. They're not sticky in the secondary, other than Kool Aid McKinstry. Now, let me let me. All of that negativity, it can all be fixed. But I don't remember myself having that many questions about it.
2: A little inexperience at left tackle uh, in Alabama. Heck, same at Arkansas, Bill, and that's where that that's where the biggest uh, concern is right now. Uh, But I've started to coalesce around the idea that they've got some guys that can catch and run with the ball. Got a great backfield. You love KJ, and I think the the group of tight ends is really interesting. Then they're strong up the middle, too, at center and guard. The question is tackle. Uh, Devin Manuel is expected to be the starter at left tackle, but he's missed, I think, four or five practices in a row. Didn't scrimmage this last week, and it sounded like the ends really got after the tackles in the scrimmage, though we didn't see it. So, it's like all of those things that we can push on here about the experience at other positions and the talent at other positions. If you don't have tackles, what do you have?
4: I give you one worse. Tennessee's starting center, who I think is the best center in the SEC, is out. Mm. And they're being very secretive about it. Cooper Mays. He's a fantastic center, and he's a brilliant. Not only that, he's a cerebral guy. That's your quarterback up front, right? And their their replacement for him, and I I think he'll be back, they open up with Virginia, they're a four-touchdown favorite, and then they play Austin B. They don't really need it early, but his replacement as of right now is a six-year kid who's never played a meaningful snap. I'd say that one's worse than Arkansas'
7: situation.
0: Huh. <laughs> yeah, your center, you, they kind of lines them up and, and gets them on the right page. You're, thats It's tough when you lose your center. Well, I know with all the, the athlete is that left tackle, your right tackle, those are the sure. guys, but you're, you're right, sure. Bill. Yeah. Did you do a show on the beach, Bill? How was Florida?
4: Actually, I did, and I didn't do it on the beach because it was too windy, but uh, we were down there for summer commitments, Down on the Emerald Coast. So it was a three-day event. They had a golf tournament, a lot of good restaurants, a lot of uh, good beer. Very, very hot and humid, which is fine. And uh, me and my three oldest boys went and had an absolute blast. And I did my show Friday morning from there. I did not skip it.
2: You don't ever skip a show. Like Bill King is like the Cal Ripken of college football radio. When's the last show that you actually missed when there was a show to be done? Because I don't know you for missing shows and I'm listening sometimes.
4: Decade, maybe now. Obviously, Christmas Day, things like that. If you're skipping that kind of stuff, just a day that just random, let's get away, it's June 8th. I can't even remember. I don't get away good, guys. That's not something I'm proud of. (laughs) But I don't. That's why if I go on the road, I do the show, everybody's out, you know, probably hanging out at the beach and having fun and I'm in there doing the show. But, you know what, guys? That's what I like to do. So I'm doing what I want to do. Wow!
2: Well, and it's always fun to listen to Bill. I appreciate you hopping on, and uh, thank you. Dad. Looking forward to doing it again next week. You got it. Yeah, man. Thanks, Thanks Bill. You.
0: You're listening to the East Side Liquor Halftime Podcast.
1: Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by BetOnline. Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.
3: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.